This is episode 248 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of Two Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know, if you're pregnant and want step-by-step guidance on how to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, how to prepare mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing, how to have your partner feel confident to support you during birth, and how to navigate a smoother postpartum recovery, my Bump to Birth Method online program is available for you to join. It's three programs in one, covering pregnancy, birth prep, and postpartum recovery, plus you get lifetime access to the program content and bonuses. Bump to Birth Method is my on-demand, self-paced online program where you can learn from the comfort of your own home through video and audio lessons on how to best connect to your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy beyond traditional Kegels, strategies to help common pregnancy pains and pelvic floor symptoms, my top strategies to prepare your mind, body, and pelvic floor for labor, how to best support you and your pelvic floor during pushing, key strategies for your partner to support you during labor, and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum. Bonuses include expert interviews, core and pelvic floor yoga class, three strength training workouts, hospital and home birth bag lists, meditation tracks for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery. Whether you're preparing for your first or fifth birth, if you're ready to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, feel fully prepared mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum recovery, then head to the show notes or go to bumptobirthmethod.com to see what other expecting moms have said about bump to birth and to enroll today. Welcome back to the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. And we continue to hear from so many of our listeners about wanting to hear more birth stories so you can hear a variety of experiences, whether you're preparing for your first or subsequent birth. So on today's episode, I have a very special guest, Caitlin, who gave birth to her son, Finn, a year ago. I had the wonderful opportunity to work with Caitlin during her pregnancy and postpartum recovery. And she really wanted to come on to share her birth story with you since she found listening to birth stories on the podcast while preparing for her own birth so helpful. So thank you so much for being on, Caitlin, and and sharing your experiences. You're so welcome. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah. So anything that you'd like to share with our listeners, just a bit about yourself, whether it's like postpartum pregnancy, kind of a bit about you and the family. Sure. So my name is Caitlin. I am a dental hygienist, but I'm on maternity leave Um, my son just turned one a week ago, um, but I took the 18 months, so I'm off until January. Um, a little bit about me. I like to 
camp. I like to hike, canoeing, pretty much anything outdoors. <laughs> and yeah, we've been having a great summer. Yeah, no, it's so awesome uh, hearing before we hit record, just kind of what's been going on having this time in the summer with Finn, how you're saying now that he can do more that he's one, which I think is so great, especially for first time, if you're expecting for the first time to hear of like all the changes that go on, or if you're early postpartum, I know sometimes you can feel like you're doing all these things for your baby, but you're not necessarily getting like the feedback from them of like, that yes. they're appreciative or even just like being able to kind of communicate differently. So yeah, so great to a, hear. Such a big change from last summer. Yeah. yeah. Recovering as being yeah. at home for kind of hunkering down for a couple of months to this summer. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it keeps getting better and better. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, why don't we start with how did you feel in, in your pregnancy, like mentally, physically, emotionally, how was that experience for you? So through my pregnancy, it was completely different going from the first trimester to the second and third. The first trimester, I had a lot of anxiety, which I think I can fully attribute to pregnancy hormones because I've never dealt with any anxiety throughout my life at all until that time. Um, I was very just anxious about everything I was doing, very worried always had it like this dooming feeling like I was doing something wrong. I wasn't eating the right things. I wasn't using the right skin products. Um, you know, I just switched everything to be like non-toxic and clean, but I was very, just very concerned about everything to the point that I was just stressed all the time. So I didn't feel great. Um, also first trimester, very nauseous. Second trimester came along and I felt it was a huge change. Like I felt better mentally, um, I started having appointments with you. I think a big part of it too, was just having someone to talk to and some support, especially being pregnant in COVID made a big difference and, and feeling like there was, I had some control. There was steps I could take to plan my pregnancy, my birthing plan, all of that. I was in control of something. And I think mentally that was huge for me. Yeah, no, that's so great to hear. And I do remember kind of when we started working together and I do find too, it's so great starting in your second trimester. I know some people at first trimester, like you had different experiences and thank you for sharing that. Cause I think it really validates what other people are feeling too. that first trimester stress, anxiety. And then there's the physical symptoms too, that can come with it as well. And what had you heard from family or friends before getting pregnant or like once you were pregnant, were you hearing different stories from them or like different, uh, different types of support too? Um, I would say the most common stories I would hear, I mean, talking about giving birth, a lot of, a lot of the stories I'd heard in the past were very traumatic, um, kind of put this idea out there that birth was always scary and painful. So I had that idea kind of going into it as well. So that um, probably didn't help my <laughs> outlook on how things were going to go. And had you had any friends, I was trying to think about, had you had friends who had mentioned pelvic physio or any of the prep that you did, or was it more through research you had done? I wasn't sure friends had mentioned it. Oh, it was more through research I had done mm -hmm. myself. I was actually um, speaking with a naturopath as well mm -hmm. um, through the beginning of my pregnancy. I think she mentioned the benefits of pelvic health physio and then I found you through social media. I think someone shared, um, shared some of your posts and I, yeah, I found you. So it was great. We were able to have the virtual appointments. Yeah, <laughs> throughout, exactly. Throughout with COVID and everything. 
Totally. And because we we're in the same province, but not, you're not super close to me. So in terms yeah. of that was great to have that option to a virtual and in-person um, postpartum, I saw you in person postpartum. So yeah, I think it's great for people to know that whoever you're like virtual in person, there's so many benefits to both. There's so much that, um, that you can receive in terms of support. And then in terms of exercise and activity, I know what you enjoy, dude, but a great for you to share with our listeners what did you find helpful in terms of pregnancy, exercise, activity, movement? Sure. So through my pregnancy, I tried to stay very active. Um, it was winter, so I was doing actually a lot of cross-country skiing. Um, I was doing a lot of yoga, a lot of prenatal yoga videos online. I would have loved to have been able to go in person to some more exercise classes and things like that. But unfortunately, at the time, it was all virtual. All the, mm-hmm. the in-class was canceled. Um, yeah, yoga was so great. Um, I went on the elliptical every day. Um, I did the exercises that you had given me, um, as well every day. Yeah. A lot of hiking and walking too. So I felt, started to feel really good in my second trimester. I I was feeling great. I was pushing myself to be, I think more active and do more, um, for, like labor preparation than I did even before I was pregnant. So (laughs) totally. And I feel like that it's great for people to hear too, because if you are feeling aches or pains, or maybe you're going into pregnancy with symptoms of any sort or previous injuries to know that actually there can be activities that then can help you feel better. And that combination for you, of we did strength training. You also did the yoga, like you mentioned, like mobility work. So that combination that Jess and I talk about on the podcast a lot is really, really helpful. And you felt the difference in how you felt going into birth. How was that in terms of, um, aches, pains, and that throughout your pregnancy, how would you kind of describe how all that felt? Going into my pregnancy, I have a spine condition, um, where I have a spine curvature. So I've dealt with back pain for about 15 years. Um, so with having the regular appointments with you doing my regular exercises and actually staying on top of it, um, and I think having the accountability of knowing that we're going to speak in a couple of weeks, you're going to ask about progress. It kind of kept me on track. <laughs> so I actually felt good. And anytime I had an issue, a pain, um, some soreness, uh, we'd address it and I'd work on it. And yeah, I, I felt really great. I was able to really manage my, my back pain before, before being pregnant. I was taking Advil a lot of the times, just very busy working. Um, it was a grind and obviously being pregnant, you can't take the medication. So Um, I found managing it in that way so much better. (laughs) Yeah, which is awesome. And then you could carry that postpartum and then beyond that time, right? It'd be great to hear, you know, the different steps and resources and supports you use to prepare for birth. Because I think a lot of people maybe don't hear about this until after they have the after they give birth or after they're done having kids and they're like, I didn't even know all these options were available. So if you can share any of the resources or kind of the steps you took to prepare for Finn's birth? Yeah. So I was seeing yourself, my pelvic health physio to do regular exercises. As I mentioned, Um, you had given me a birth uh, meditation, a meditation that was very related to birthing that I was listening to every single night throughout my pregnancy, um, which I, I loved. So I, I got very into that. Um, I was seeing a naturopath and, getting 
regular acupuncture as well. Um, when it got closer to my due date, I was getting acupuncture to try and bring labor on. And I felt like all these different things um, just helped me felt, feel so mentally prepared going into it, um, which was huge as well as the physical. Yeah. And I feel like, was that, did that almost feel um, new or surprising the mental side of it? Cause I remember you sharing after you're like, I really feel like that was a huge part. Yes. The physical prep, but no one really talks about the mental prep and how mental the event of birth can be. So how yes. do you feel like those different aspects you mentioned, how did that help you either during pregnancy leading up, helping with the stress and anxiety, but then we'll, we'll talk about Finn's birth experience too, but yeah. How did those different factors play a role for you? Yeah. So definitely give, going into getting through labor, giving birth, a huge mental game, um, listening to that meditation every night. It, it just made me feel so calm. Um, it, it just made me feel like I was prepared. I could do it. It was, it was such a big, huge part of it for me. Um, working on my breathing as well. You would, um, you'd explain to me the, the flower bloom breath, um, doing like the deep diaphragmic breath. It helped me so much through my labor, um, just as well as the meditation, just staying so calm and focusing on that instead of focusing on, um, maybe the contractions or any discomfort that comes with it. Yeah. Edward, I know when we'll talk about Finn's experience, I remember you saying your midwives didn't really believe how far along you were. Yeah. Um, and I, I do find that comes up a lot and I had a similar experience too. I feel like when, you know, the meditation affirmations, whatever you decide to use to mentally stay focused and calm and relaxed, it can be common. Other people don't really think you're as far as you are. Um, because they're not necessarily used to seeing that. Um, mm -hmm. And another thing too, I was gonna, gonna ask you about is, did you ever use meditation prior to pregnancy? Because some people I think too, they're like, eh, it's just not my thing. I've never, or I've tried it once, it didn't work. And there's so many types of meditation, but I think it's helpful to hear, like, did you use meditation at all prior? I did a little bit. My husband has the Calm app. So sometimes just to wind down at night, we'd put a meditation on in the evening to fall asleep. But I never really thought that before. I thought it's not my thing. I can't meditate. I just don't have like the capacity to be able to be in that like state of meditation. Yeah. Um, but I think having that meditation that I listened to over and over and over and just fell asleep to, it got ingrained in me. And now I fully believe it. <laughs> and that's the thing about sharing, like listening to it, going to sleep, because whether you use hypnobirthing, met, like whatever you decide to listen to, I think for people to know you can fall asleep and it's still working. I remember you asking, and a lot of people all, all now try to get ahead of it and say, if you fall asleep, it's still working. It's a good thing. Cause sometimes it feels like, is this really working? I'm not actually mentally present. Um, but yeah, your, your nervous system, like your bot, your brain is still hearing it. And then you turn it on during labor and you go back to that deep state of relaxation. And how did your, how did your husband feel in terms of preparing like did he listen to any of the podcasts you were listening to or birth stories or anything like that 
he didn't listen to any podcasts or birth stories, um, but he did not by choice have to listen to the birthing meditation out loud yeah. every night. Um, he was, I think he was really proud of me, proud of me because he could see how hard I was preparing for it. I was going into it with like a strong goal. I want to have a very positive experience. I want to give birth naturally. I don't want any intervention and I'm going to mm-hmm. take all the steps I can in order for that to happen. And I'm going to mm-hmm. use everything I can find, all the resources, get all the support I can. Um, So he saw that side of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think it's helpful because I'm sure when you like listening to it, did you listen to a labor in your headphones or did you play it out loud or both? Out loud. Out loud. Yeah. Yeah. So even out loud, like even though he probably didn't really notice it, but the fact that he heard it over and over, it can actually help partners be more chill and probably um, (laughs) with that. And that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's great too, because we, we went over, I know your goal was an unmedicated birth. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember, like from day one, we talked about, I talk about this all with all my pregnant clients of like understanding your preferences and then being like, so how would it feel if we go over all the ways birth can go? So you're prepared in case you do decide you want that epidural, if you do decide you want medication. So you feel like you have options versus feeling like you're in a rigid plan. And then if things change, if you feel differently, then you're not as surprised or you're not feeling like, no, I can't, I can't change my plan because this is what I went in with. I I remember you feeling just excited to get birth. Like by then you're like, bring it on, let's do this. (laughs) So did you kind of feel that you understood options in case you decided to navigate in a different direction or that you needed to? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was, it was so important to just be prepared all, you know, of course in, in birth, um, risks can come up. So it was so nice to know, know that I had all these different options and how to deal with each option. And, um, and I remember you called the birth plan birth preferences, actually, now that you say that because your preference, but things can go another way, but it it was great to be prepared for any option and kind of know what the options are. in order to kind of make a decision of what you want. But then if something comes up, I felt like I at least had the education to know what to do and not be stressed about it. And so I think I, I felt so calm going into it just because I was so like educated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's great. I think some people are surprised here that you can be excited to give birth. And I definitely noticed that with people, if you're prepared and you feel you understand the options, a lot of people are excited. They're like, I've done all the stuff. I know my options. Let's go. It's yes. now up to baby to figure out <laughs> yeah. when, when Finn was going to make his appearance. Um, it's so true. I went from yeah. being, you know, scared and anxious about the whole thing to feeling very confident and calm and ready for it and excited for it. And just feeling so prepared. Like my body was made for this. I can do this. I'm mm-hmm. strong. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And did you notice a difference? Cause I remember you, d- you had listened to a lot of birth stories throughout did you, did you listen to a variety initially and then closer to listen to more of kind of around your preferences or did you kind of listen to a variety the whole time or at certain point, did you stop listening to birth stories? I think that's helpful for people to hear maybe what, what you decided in terms of what you allowed yourself to listen to essentially in terms of those stories. Yeah. So initially the only stories I had heard were stories from like friends or coworkers, um, which were the majority more traumatic stories that they were telling. Um, I started 
listening to some birth stories, um, probably in my second trimester um, from your podcast and any of the birth stories you had on there. And it was great to listen to a variety of different birth stories. Um, I tried to tell my friends or family, like, listen, if you have a birth story you want to tell me, if it's not positive, then I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so I tried to stay very positive in that aspect, but definitely listening to all of the different birth stories and kind of hearing different things that came up and it made me feel more prepared as well. And I love that. And that's why I was so happy to talk to you today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To share, right. To share mm. that story. And I think it's helpful for people to hear that, like you're allowed to set boundaries, like yes. just because someone wants to share their experience doesn't necessarily mean you need to hear it. And I know everyone, I love how you expressed your boundary around that. Some people will also say, you know, like, if it, again, if it's not a positive or it's just, if it's, you know, a certain type of birth, then I would prefer to hear like you're, you can share that after I give birth or like exactly. you can totally set those boundaries and everyone's birth story is valid, but it doesn't necessarily mean you need to take on everyone else's story as well. If you don't feel like that, that's going to actually help. And even going back a little bit, you had midwives I was wondering if you could share, you know, how you chose the type of care provider, because here where we are in Ontario, depending where you live to everyone, like you can have access, access to midwives or obstetricians, and then certain places you can also have a GP who does obstetrics as well. So if you can share kind of how you made that decision, and then also share a bit about where you gave birth, um, which is more of a birth center atmosphere. Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. I went the route of having midwives for my care. Um, when I found out I was pregnant, I did a bunch of research. I had heard of midwives, but I didn't really know what the different difference was. So I just did a lot of Googling, a lot of research on my own, and then decided that midwives were, um, they, it sounded like that was um, more my personality. I want, I knew I wanted to try and give birth with low intervention. Um, I had heard that midwives um, are, give really good care, give you a little more time for appointments, maybe a little less rushed. I don't really have anything to compare it to, but I had such a great experience with them. Um, anytime we, we had a lot of um, appointments over the phone during COVID, but they never cut me off, never made me feel like my questions weren't valid. They always gave me as much time as I needed um, they were so supportive um, and friendly throughout my whole pregnancy. So I had such a good experience with them. I'm very glad I went that route. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, through my research, found that if I wanted to go the route of maybe lower inter intervention in my birth, that was the way to go. I could give birth at this birthing center um, that was actually attached to the Markham Stovall Hospital instead of at a hospital. And I really liked that idea as well. So I was lucky enough, um, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I got on a list and I was able to get a spot with them because I think they're very popular. <laughs> yes. When you contact them, and again, everywhere in the world, it's a bit different and we have listeners from everywhere. So check where you are, but typically, and I was the same, like literally pee on the stick, call for the midwife yeah. just because <laughs> there's so few. And if that's, if that's the direction you wanted to go. And I know some people, don't hear about different options until later and they wish they had more options. So I think it's helpful for people to hear your experience with that, why you chose them. And then can you describe a bit more about the birth center? Because again, in Ontario, where we are, there's very few standalone birth centers. And then there's also not many of the birth center you had where it was attached to the hospital. So even describing a bit about 
what it looked like or did you get a tour although it was during covid so potentially not <laughs> uh, in terms of, i don't think you got a chance right i didn't know yeah. but i i did get a virtual tour they had a video online that i could look at so i yeah. Um, got to see what all the rooms looked like before going in. And because I was there for such a short period of time, it's all kind of a blur what it looked like. But uh, I do remember it being very nice. Like there was a, yes. a nice mural on the wall. It was very comfortable. Um, yeah, it didn't feel like it didn't feel or look like a hospital to me either. They had um, they had uh, a birthing ball, a peanut ball. They had lots of different things like that. I think they did have mm -hmm. a tub there as well. But by the time I got there, um, I probably wouldn't have even had time to get that filled up and yeah. to give birth in. So I didn't um, get to see that part, but yeah, yeah, it was nice. So let's dive into Finn's birth experience. So excited for you to share. You can start wherever you would like, kind of at the start of labor and just how, how Finn's birth played out. Sure. So I went... Well, I was about 12 days past my due date. Um, and luckily my midwives um, allowed me to go that far past my due date with regular monitoring. I should have mentioned earlier um, when I was mentioning that at the start of my pregnancy, I had a lot of anxiety and things. I did actually have a few risk factors in my pregnancy as well. I had something called marginal cord insertion. Um, where the cord is not in the center of the placenta. And then I had another um, risk factor, I believe it was called PEPA-A marker. It's when they do your blood work. Um, I had a low number. So I had risk factors for preterm birth, um, low birth weight baby. So I did actually in my pregnancy have to see a OB specialist who told me I couldn't go past that 40 week mark. Um, but my midwife's felt confident that they'd give me very regular, regular monitoring, um, make sure I was healthy, baby was healthy, that I could go past that and just keep a very close eye. So um, they knew that I was very eager to try and um, have a uh, no medication birth. I didn't want to be induced. So they let me <laughs> go the, the 12 days, but um, they sat up 14 days. I would have to be in induced. So I had that date scheduled already. So I was feeling a little nervous, like, come on, trying to do everything I could to, to get labor going. So I had a, a sweep from my midwife um, earlier in the day, as well as acupuncture to try and bring the labor on. So that night at 10 PM, I went into labor. Um, I was having contractions. Um, I had contractions all through the night. Um, I was feeling pretty nauseous. I was throwing up a lot through the night, which I don't think is a regular symptom for people. I wasn't sure if it was from the labor or because I had eaten some very spicy food <laughs> throughout the day <laughs> trying to bring labor on. <laughs> um, so I had a, a rough night. I was feeling pretty sick. Um, once I, maybe six, seven hours in, I kind of got into this cycle where through every contraction, I was counting each breath. So every inhale, I would count, I think to like seven, every exhale, I would count to eight. So I'd been working on my breathing um, with you throughout my pregnancy. So I think I was so focused on my breath work and breathing that I would just sleep in between every contraction and then kind of wake up for the contraction every like five, seven minutes or whatever it was at the time and breathe through it. And um, it was completely manageable. Um, so the next morning continued, I just stayed in bed I had stayed in bed from when the contraction started at 10 p.m. till 
maybe around like three or four o'clock the next day, just breathing through contractions. Um, I was trying to figure out if my water had broken because I had tested positive for the GBS bacteria. So when that's the case, they tell you, you need to get to the birthing center a few hours early. I think it was three hours early to get an antibiotic before you give birth. So I wasn't sure if the water, my water had broke. So I called my, my midwives were speaking with them on the phone. Um, they said, you know what, why don't you come in to the birthing center and then we'll do a little swab and we'll check to see if your water has in fact broken. Uh, so I finally got up out of bed, started moving around. I did some of the exercises that I had been working on with you. I went on my birthing ball, did some lunges. Um, the contractions were getting pretty intense by this point. I, I felt really good on my hands and knees. So I would try and stay on my hands and knees through every contraction. Um, but then I had to get in the car, which was tough. So I remember driving to the birthing center, which was only about 20 minute drive, all back roads from my house in Pickering. And I'd get my husband, Brandon, to stop, like even at a green light. I'm like, you need to stop driving the car. I am going to breathe through this contraction. Like I need silence. I, I know during this labor prep, um, a lot, there was a lot of recommendations for your partner to like do a hip squeeze or like rub your shoulders and things like that. But I just didn't want to be touched. I wanted my own space. I had it. Like, I was like, I got this, I've got my meditation going I'm breathing. I'm counting. Like that's all I wanted to do. Uh, it was working really well for me. So we got to the birthing center and I met my doula there as well. I also had a doula throughout my pregnancy and, um, so, which is a, a birthing support person and my husband. So those two were allowed in the room with me. Um, so I entered the hospital, got up to the birthing center. The, the midwife there um, explained to me that she didn't want to, to check me because that could introduce bacteria. Um, so she said, you're probably like one, two centimeters dilated. You're going to have to go for like a big walk around the hospital to try and get your active labor going. And in my head, I'm thinking like, I can barely walk. Like I'm in active labor. I can't go, I can't walk anymore, but I'm like, okay, like whatever you say. Um, so they did some monitoring, um, where they put, um, you might know, you probably know what it's called better than me. Is it the, the heart rate monitor that they, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The electrofetal monitor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they put that monitor on and then they could tell during my contractions that the baby's heart rate was dropping. So they're like, okay, you know what? We will actually check you. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's great. Check me. <laughs> I'm not ready to go for a, an hour hike right now. So they checked me and they're like, wow, we're so sorry. You're like nine and a half centimeters dilated. You're almost there. They're like, we had no idea, but you came in here and you seem so calm breathing. Like we thought that, you know, you were nowhere close to this. We apologize. We got to get a move on things. They called my midwife, did my blood work. They were rushing around, running around, trying to get everything going and get me into the room. Um, so I got into my room in the birthing center um, and I laid down on the bed on a sideline position, so on my side, and they gave me the peanut butter ball to put in between my knees, which I, in my birth preferences, I had mentioned that I wanted to use that. And they said it was a great way to kind of open everything up and get the labor progressing. So my doula and my husband, um, at this point through every contraction, because they were quite intense, they were kind of rubbing me down and massaging me, helping me get through them. Um, so I was probably laying on my side for maybe about, oh, 25 minutes. And then I felt my body, something take over my whole body. It almost felt like 
my body was convulsing on its own. And I know you had explained to me that something could happen. It was called the fetal ejection reflex, I believe, (laughs) where your body just takes over and starts pushing. And I knew that that would happen. But at the time it like, it almost scared me. I was like, what's happening to me? But then my midwife and my doula looked at each other. They're like, okay, we don't need to um, don't need to check you. You're ready to do this. The head's there. Like, I guess my body just pushed the baby down through the birthing canal and I was ready to go. Um, so then I started pushing. Um, I pushed for probably 40 minutes. Um, I was pushing on almost on my side, um, like a little bit on my back, but on my side as well. So not fully laying flat. And I found that that was the most effective way for me to push. I tried pushing while squatting, but I, for whatever reason, I was holding back a little bit and my midwife thought I was holding back in that position. So I continued with that. Um, They could see that there was meconium um, and that the heart rate was dropping a little bit too. So there was a little bit of urgency. So the one thing I really wanted to do, I was hoping that um, giving birth, I could kind of take my time and just like almost breathe him out without very aggressive pushing, but they were like coaching me like, no, like we've got to get him out like push hard. So I did have to end up having to push very hard. Um, but yeah, about 40 minutes later, um, he came out, he was actually still in the sack, (laughs) which was pretty cool. So they had to gown, my husband wanted to catch him and my midwife, um, was there, they gowned up because they were worried about the, the sack exploding when he came out. Um, but yeah, he came out and he was healthy. Even with the meconium, he cried right away. So they knew everything was fine. Um, they put him on my chest and yeah, I had skin to skin right away. And I think I started, um, breastfeeding him. I got him to latch like within 15 minutes of him being born, which was awesome too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing that. I totally remember when you were like, yep, they checked and I was nine and a half centimeters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like surprise, I'm sure for everyone, but maybe you, like your body was just like, yeah, this is where I am. Um, yeah, I think so. Maybe yeah. when I got there, that's what they said. Yeah. They're like, maybe, you know, you yeah. showed up, your body was very, it was just ready. I was well-prepared. Yeah. I had it, my hypno, my hypno birthing yeah. um, meditation on in the room as well, while I was going through those last contractions. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's great. I'm glad you shared about in the car too, right? Like the breathing. And did you say, did you have the meditation on in the car as well? Or more so remember, I yeah. think, I think as soon as I got into the room, um, mm-hmm. my birthing room, uh, they put it on for me right away. Yeah. Nice. Um, and it's also for people to hear, like you said, you didn't want to be touched and that's how yes. it's like, it's so helpful to be prepared of like, yes, the hip squeeze it like the hands-on stuff. Cause some people that's all they want. And I tell them to tell their partner, like they may be in for a upper body workout during labor. <laughs> if you want yeah. hip squeezes the entire time. Right. But also it can happen. Your experience where you're like, don't even stay out of my bubble. Like great to have that support knowing they're there to support you as needed but that you didn't want the that hands-on stuff and I think um, like my partner my husband he had no idea like how far along I was even though I had been in labor all night long and all day he he just had no idea because I was so just deep into my meditation and my breathing that I couldn't really communicate to him like how like how this was feeling and um, that I was 
like pretty deep into this active labor at this point because before we left I was on my hands and knees trying to breathe through my focus and breathe through my contractions and he was on like a work client call in the next room and I'm like can you at least get off the phone? like I know you're not like helping me <laughs> can you just get off the phone because I'm trying to focus here but he yeah. I can't blame him because he had no idea he yeah. thought that I was just like very early on still like <laughs> yeah she's breathing it's yeah, fine <laughs> yeah yeah and also too because I meant to bring up about your doula because you did have a doula so can yeah. you share a bit about even when you first connected with your doula in pregnancy and just kind of what that picture looked like because for everyone it can be a bit different but usually you connect a few times in pregnancy and then they can be there as long as you want them there during birth and some postpartum so even share like your experience with your doula yeah so I actually found out about um, a doula through a birthing class that I did through my Markham midwives. It was an online um, prenatal class that we did. Mm -hmm. And they talked about a doula there. So I actually didn't have my doula until I was in my second trimester. I really wish I had have had her at the start when I had a lot of questions and I was feeling very anxious. I think she would have been a great support, um, but she was still great to have. Um, I met up with her twice through my pregnancy and just answered any questions I had, kind of told me about the whole process. And um, just knowing that she was there and she had been at like all these different kinds of births um, to support me was great. And um, mm -hmm. when I had her there too, like when these contractions got very intense, having her and my husband and she would kind of guide him and say like, this is what you do. Like, like rubber here, press here. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I had the peanut ball and I'd take a few breaks from that and she would hold my leg up for me in the same position. And yeah, mm -hmm. she was just having her there for support was awesome. Yeah, I think that's great for people to hear and to know exactly that is that doulas, they don't take the place of your partner, they are there to bring them in more if that's what both of you want. Like that's exactly how you described them. She let him know like, why don't you try this? Why don't you go do this? Because again, yeah. even with partners feel super prepared, which is great in the moment they can still need those little reminders of, of things that they could do to help and bring you together during, during your labor. Yeah. Um, and she actually helped me breastfeed as well, right away. Mm. She, she was the one that kind of showed me what to do and helped get him latch and answered all my questions and postpartum, like the first couple of weeks that I had through text or phone call. So that was yeah. also very nice to have. Yeah. In terms of postpartum recovery, what would you like to share with our listeners in terms of how that piece of your experience was? Sure. So I had a um, very good recovery. I felt quite well um, after giving birth. I wasn't, I was, very, I was sore the first couple of days, but it was actually better than I thought it would be. I was very, I felt very prepared from um, speaking with you um, the last time we spoke, I think before I gave birth, you prepared me really well on all the different products and things I could use for postpartum, um, things like pad padsicles. Um, so I had them all made up, but I didn't actually end up needing to use them, which was nice. Um, you had also um, taught me about the perennial massage. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that in my pregnancy, the end of my pregnancy, which I think also helped. I didn't get any tearing in the area, which was mm -hmm. awesome. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that that's probably why that, and you'd also, mm -hmm. um, taught me or educated me on using a warm compress, like while in labor as well in that area with the washcloth, things like that. All these little things that I did, I think really helped my recovery be yeah. uh, much smoother than it would have been. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was actually pretty good. Like I, I knew from speaking with you as well, not to push it too hard. Um, 
I remember even seeing this picture of a placenta and someone saying like, this is like the size of the wound that's inside of you. Like you can't get up and start walking and hiking and doing all these things. So I took it very slow, which was great. Mm-hmm. And oh. yeah, I was, I felt pretty good a couple of days, just staying in bed, some Advil Tylenol. And then after that, I, I, yeah, I felt like I was able to really take care of Finn and it was yeah. much better than I thought. Yeah. I did the one thing I did get though, and I'm sorry if this is too much information, but hemorrhoids from all that pushing. Yeah. So that was tough. That was the one thing that, yeah, I struggled with for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's good for people here. And we talked about that before too, that the thing, the thing is with hemorrhoids after birth, they're not, you can't necessarily predict if you're going to, you can prepare what to do after to help with the healing, but I know they can be annoying to, yeah. to deal with. There's things that can help, but yeah, in terms of that, that initial, initial adjustment. Thank you for sharing all of your like pregnancy, birth, postpartum experience. And what would, what advice would you give, especially first time, um, anyone who's expecting for the first time, what advice would you give them around any of those parts, the pregnancy, birth prep, postpartum recovery prep? I think the most important thing I would say, definitely find a, either take your bump to birth course or do the route that I did and have appointments with you for the support throughout your pregnancy. Cause there's so much um, you can learn and preparation you can do before and just reach out and get any kind of, whether it's just doing your own research um, or any different support people in the medical fields. Um, the naturopath was great. Talking to you was great. Um, I just, I, yeah, I felt so calm and mentally prepared going into it. I think that that I had the positive experience I had because of that. I would say it's like running a marathon. Like you would never just go and run it. Like you've got to train for it. There's so much your body can do to physically and mentally prep in order to have a positive experience. And I know that there's big risks when you go into birth and labor, but I think you can like greatly reduce these risks by doing all this preparation and you're much more likely to have a positive experience like I did. And I, I loved giving birth. It made me feel strong and empowered and I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> uh, oh, that's awesome. I know so many are going to appreciate hearing that advice from you. And yeah, thank you again, Caitlin, for coming on, sharing your experiences. Cause I know just like you heard other stories, I know your story is going to help so many others. I hope so. Yeah, it's great. It's great when you can hear a variety of stories and the positive stories too. Yeah. Oh, I hear Finn. (laughs) Yeah, I can hear him too. Oh, that might be my call. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you again for being on. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 